You're listening to Irish Radio Canada and uh, Colin Brophy was appointed the Minister of State with the responsibility for overseas development aid and diaspora back in July last and he is a fine girl TD representing Dublin South West and he was first elected to the Dáil in 2016 and during the 32nd Dáil he served as Chairman of the Budgetary Oversight Committee which was established in 2016 to enhance the role of the Oireachtas in the budgetary formation process. He is also a member of the Joint Committee of, on Justice and Equality and the Joint Committee on European Union Affairs and he's a member for Dublin South County Council from 2008 to 2016 and the Minister is a former member of the Board of the Housing Finance Agency and uh, he is also a former President of the Association of Irish Local Government. Minister Colin Brophy, thanks a million for coming along for a chat. I'm delighted to join you today. Um, Minister, we're going to talk about the uh, Irish Government's recent publication of the Diaspora Strategy and I participated a few years ago in some of the Global Irish Civic Forum and uh, I know out of that there was a policy document that was uh, developed and now we're at the next phase which is a strategy um, and I understand there are five key components but could you tell us a little about how the evolution of the strategy and then some of the components? Well the most important thing, I suppose, is, is to recognise that we as a country are incredibly lucky that we have already one of the most active and involved and engaged processes with our diaspora. And I think it's something that a lot of Irish people in Ireland um, um, recognise. I think it's also something that um, the diaspora recognise that um, no matter where they are in the world, that they, uh, there's a willingness there by the Irish government and by Ireland as a country to engage with them, whether it be recently people who've recently emigrated uh, from our country and are living somewhere else, or whether they be second or third generation. So we were from a strong diaspora base. But what we wanted to do was enhance that, to look again and see how, as we started off um, the next this, this decade coming up, how we could strengthen and deepen our involvement. Uh, one of the key things that we did was we went out, um, as you mentioned there yourself with your own involvement, we went out to talk to people in the diaspora right around the world to talk to groups, uh, organisations, individuals, uh, be they uh, in the community area, be they in the cultural area, be they in the business area, and to say to them, look, this is what we're doing at the moment, but what also would you like us to see? What, how can we improve uh, and work together to improve how we uh, collectively interact between the diaspora and uh, Ireland and the government of Ireland. So out of that was born the new diaspora strategy and it focuses on a number of key areas which we want to prioritise. Um, the first which we particularly want to go uh, and ensure that we're there and we're prioritising is the welfare of the most vulnerable and marginalised um, and we're going to be working with our immigrant uh, support programme to ensure that we prioritise those immigrants who for various reasons are the most marginalised uh, maybe within the country they've gone to or maybe for the reasons why they left Ireland um, and we want to make sure that we are there for them. Um, we also wanted to look at obviously strengthening the forward and outward and backward links between uh, the diaspora and the country and one of the key ways of doing that um, was to commit to um, 
putting in place a referendum which will extend the voting rights for Irish citizens outside the state in presidential elections. So this will be a, a referendum which will, if it is passed, enable people who have Irish citizenship, no matter where they're living in the world, to vote in a presidential election. Minister, can I come back to you for a moment on our the people one? Yes. Because given what has happened in the last 12 months with COVID, it has been a particularly trying time for everybody and uh, in order to try to reach out and support the most vulnerable, it has been also a much more difficult challenge. Um, that would have been true very much in this case also. Oh, it, it, it's very, very much so. And I, I do want to particularly talk about that. I just, I, if you can just bear with me for one second, I just want to finish and we can look at each of them individually. The, the other two or three main points out of the strategy um, were developing opportunities for people um, who are second or third generation to come back to Ireland and to work. And then also we wanted to address the barriers which people would face coming back and to ease those barriers so we would have a much greater opportunity. But you're quite right in terms of the fact that just as we were launching our strategy uh, and particularly focusing on marginalised and vulnerable people who had emigrated from the country and found themselves all over the world, you were directly then hit by COVID. And as we all know, in the last type of 12 months, uh, it has been a complete change for everybody's life. It has been one of the toughest 12 months that people have had to live through. But particularly for people who um, were not in their home country, uh, uh, were living in a situation where they, for some people they had recently arrived into another country. And this was the case particularly in Canada if you just arrived in. And a lot of people arrive in on temporary uh, visas for work and holiday work visas and people arriving to create a new life and finding themselves caught up in a situation where the jobs they had gone to uh, had evaporated. Um, they, 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 they found themselves in the unbelievable situation which no one would have believed 12 months ago of almost complete collapsing of international aviation and therefore their ability to travel or return home. So many um, issues that directly impacted on um, emigrants um, from Ireland in, in Canada and in, in, in countries all around the world. One of the we did, we did it immediately, was to create a COVID relief fund. And Canadian information, we put it in nearly $165,000 Canadian dollars into going to the groups that work with the diaspora, that work with Irish people um, who have arrived as recent immigrants, who work on a whole number of levels, and saying, right, what do you need? How can we help you? How can we make sure that your organization stays open, stays functioning, stays able to deliver the services on the ground to people? And we did that, and we did it very quickly. And I know that the response, because I've had a number of opportunities uh, to do virtual meetings with uh, a lot of the uh, groups in Canada since I became a minister, and overwhelmingly, um, that uh, quick response uh, in terms of funding, which enables them to keep going and enables them to deliver their services on the ground has been really welcomed and was absolutely critical uh, in terms of uh, delivering 
um, you know, that, that, that dedicated response around COVID. And just some of the key areas which we were anxious to, to look at in terms of that um, was obviously protecting elderly people uh, who would have access to a lot of community centres and the focus of their general health and well-being, would that be that ability to go down and interact in a community centre? That obviously with lockdowns and restrictions was gone. We wanted to put in, in place care and support there. Uh, we wanted obviously to help people who were caught up in employment situations and also though very, very conscious of the mental health supports uh, that are needed because um, while there is a direct, awful and immediate physical toll to be paid from contacting COVID, uh, it has become very clear over the last 12 months that there's also a very major mental health issue arising out of the way in which we've all had to adapt and live our lives and the restrictions which have been placed on people and we obviously wanted to help and support organisations working in that area. One of the things we did uh, was in the run up to Christmas was to extend the Samaritans uh, telephone support line uh, to Canada so as that anybody who wants to access that and anybody who wants to have the service there that enables them to access it, which will enable them to be able to talk to people who have an understanding of the cultural context and background maybe which that person is calling from, um, will uh, be able to do that. So I think the, you know, this was the really important part of our work last year and the work that was most important was that COVID support. Minister, I think it would be remiss on both our parts if we didn't acknowledge the wonderful work that the Gaelic Athletic Association, the GAA, did in Canada, particularly in reaching in and helping the uh, senior citizens, the Irish senior citizens, particularly in their various communities. Yeah, it is, and I, I, I had an opportunity to talk to many people who were involved in doing that in the GAA in Canada. And, you know, there's no really good thing that comes out of COVID. I mean, it, it, it's not a situation that anybody can say there's a silver lining. Um, but if you want to look at positive, I think one of the things that did come out was the fact that organisations, and if you take the GAA, which is a brilliant organisation in Canada, running its own games and promoting its own games, was the fact that the members on the ground, the people who participate, got an opportunity to get involved in a different way with uh, different parts of the Irish diaspora community and they really rallied and came and, and came up trumps on terms of responding to this and providing that interconnection and then helping people and then getting in touch with community groups that help older people and providing direct services and it was really great to see that deepening of the relationship between different generations of people um, who maybe didn't have as much contact before the pandemic um, and it's incredible credit due to the members and the leadership of the GAA in Canada in terms of how that evolved and took place and it really was if there is, as I say, a, a positive that you can take out of it um, and that is a, a great positive and I think that depth of um, coming together which COVID brought about because groups got to know each other and got to use virtual connectivity and got to take part in a whole new way of communicating. That will be one of the long-term benefits that will come, hopefully, out of the way in which we live our life in the, in the post-COVID era, which we will start to reach towards the end of this year. In many ways, Minister, what, this, what that 
really says and defined was who we are rather than what we are uh, in that the Irish abroad uh, when it comes to coming together there's a very strong recognition of who we are and it was manifest very strongly in this situation Oh it, it, it really was because I, I, I think when you look at the actual groups uh, on the ground the, the willingness of people um, to go above and beyond I mean to, to literally uh, to, to, to spend hours and days and weeks and months uh, putting themselves out there to help and interact and deal with the most vulnerable, the most marginalised in their community, uh, to arrange for food deliveries, to arrange for helping a, 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 a family maybe return to Ireland, uh, to arrange to make phone calls to people who were living on their own so that there was somebody there keeping that contact going. I mean, there are tremendous stories, some of which I've had the opportunity to hear firsthand um, and I think should be heard nearly by everybody of individuals and groups which over the last 12 months have done so much uh, in terms of providing to the Irish diaspora in, in Canada um, a feeling that they're not forgotten and that even though we're living through very, very tough times with COVID, that there is somebody there and thinking of them and reaching out to them and providing that help and support. And really, we owe a huge, huge debt of thanks to all those groups and individuals uh, for what they've done over the last 12 months. Minister, I noticed one of the other parts of that strategy is pathway to legal migration and we don't need to spend much time on that because it certainly is more of a US issue than would be a Canadian issue but you also have in that section digital connections where you intend to uh, help bridge the, I won't say the digital divide but to make more uh, information available through a digital platform. Yes, well, I mean, I mean it, it goes back to what I was actually saying in, in, in part earlier on that one of the things that come out of COVID I think will be a fast tracking of this area here and groups and organisations and including that the, in the government will be using the the power and the positivity that you can have through the digital platforms that are out there to enable people to communicate, to deepen the communications between um, groups and individuals. Um, and we want to obviously do that and we want to make sure that we have that. Now, we're also very conscious of the fact that there's generational issues around how people access technology and the way in which they want to receive information. But I think it really is important that we have a strengthening of um, that uh, digital way of making the diaspora work because it'll be a core part of how we uh, work in the years going forward. If, if you just take it from, my, say, my own perspective, um, as a minister for the diaspora, I have not left Ireland once since I was appointed. That would have been unheard of uh, in normal times. Um, and yet, using the power of the um, the platforms, and be they Zoom or be they WebEx or be they whatever, I have had an opportunity to meet more people and more organisations and groups than probably most diaspora ministers would have done in the last in their first six months in office, um, and it has been a very very productive process we found, whereby we have been enabled to have a much greater communication 
um, and for groups um, to have a much greater ability and willingness to hold those meetings in a virtual way and therefore engage with other groups. So these are the type of things that we're going to have to look at and see how do we take the best of that. Yes, you can never do away with personal contact. You can never do away with the need uh, to have, um, which we really want to see for people who want to come to Ireland, to whether it's to come to Ireland and it's part of the diaspora strategy when we're in a post and safe COVID world for increasing the educational opportunities or work opportunities. That's all part of what we want to do. We'll also be looking at uh, opportunities to encourage people to come and, and visit as part of a renewed effort on tourism. Um, but also I think we're going to make sure that we keep that strengthened communication channel on the digital side so is that people have that sense of involvement there and can get access to the information when and if they need it. Minister, two things here. One is because I'm on VoIP, um, it has not been unusual for my call to drop. So that's just, just um, a warning that uh, the call... Okay, we seem to be doing okay at the moment. Uh, yeah, just so if, 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 ever, if the airway, air goes dead, that can happen. Um, the other thing then is, so now back to business. This gives me an opportunity to do a, a, a plug on behalf of Irish Radio Canada because the Irish Radio Canada app has contact information and the full directory of all the organizations in Canada. So uh, anyone out there who is listening and if you're trying to find what Irish organizations that are in your community, it is is a good way of reaching them and it has the contact information as I say right across coast to coast in Canada and that is available in the iOS and the Android store. Moving along Minister to the values then that uh, is one of the other pillars. Well in terms of what, what, what we're looking so we, we, we have as I said and we've talked a lot about and I'm conscious of, of, of time uh, in, in, in this uh, in, in our interview so we talked about the people and the necessity to reach out and ever but within the within the values one of the key areas and there's, there's a number of them but I want to just pick out that one of the things we want to really do around the values is we want to recognise that the Irish diaspora is a changing and evolving diaspora, um, that it's far more multicultural um, and we want it to be an open diaspora, we want it to be inclusive, we want to reach out to sections of the diaspora that maybe didn't feel involved in the past and are everybody as much part of the Irish diaspora as, uh, as uh, people who are actively involved in it at the moment and that's a very important uh, part for us in terms of the value side of it. We also want uh, to, you know, in the process of in, uh, promoting inclusiveness, um, we want to do a very large engagement with the, um, the LGBTI uh, diaspora to make sure that we're reaching out. We want uh, you know that feeling for people to recognise that the the modern Irish diaspora is also a reflection on the on the composition of the the makeup of people living in Ireland today as well. It is a very diverse, very multicultural, um, and uh, a very inclusive society, and we want to promote that. And that's going to be a key part of our values outreach as part of our new strategy. Um, and you know, one of the key things is to continue to reach out. 
um, to Irish citizens who were born outside of Ireland um, and to, to make them feel involved in having a place and a way of being involved through the Irish diaspora. So then the third pillar is prosperity? Yeah. Now, it, it, one of the things which we've all, we, it has always been part of the diaspora, but I think it's an area which we can strengthen and I think will... It is very important in the, in, in the years to come when we're recovering from the impact of COVID is to, to use the benefits of the diaspora to looking at how economically we can build greater ties. So there's a couple of things which we'd like to see and which we would like to work on. Um, we would certainly like to support the, uh, and they are there already, there's some of them which I've heard and had the opportunity to meet uh, on virtual meetings, but regional business forums right throughout Canada, right throughout North America and other parts of the world, and to enable people who are part of the Irish diaspora who have a strong business involvement or are owners of businesses or whatever to, to link and to outreach together uh, so as that they can um, build those business forums and use that advantage of the diaspora. The other thing though that we are anxious to do is to make it easier um, for people who want to come back to Ireland um, and want to contribute by returning immigrants coming back into the country and you know, there's a lot of red tape, there's a lot of barriers to doing that, so we want to look at how we can do that, um, and we, we're, we're quite, you know, open to the idea of saying to people, you know, please come back, please, if you want to get involved uh, by returning to Ireland to either do things in furthering education, but particularly if you have some business ideas or something like that, we want to help you do that and we want to make that a real positive thing. Um, so another key aspect of it is uh, on the cultural side. Uh, this is something that obviously we touched earlier on, the role of the GAA uh, in Canada and uh, around the world. We're going to continue to strengthen and deepen the support there for the GAA, which has really, really developed. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, it, it is now uh, international in so many ways. Uh, but we also want to work on that general promotion of Irish culture. We, we are incredibly lucky that as people, the Irish culture is very, very broadly recognised and accepted as one of those great cultures that's out there for music, for poetry, for all the various things that we take for granted. And we want to make sure that we develop and uh, take the opportunity to promote it. That's particularly important in the coming year in terms of the fact that one of the great showcases of Irish culture, the St. Patrick's Day, uh, will obviously be probably completely affected in most parts of the world by COVID because hopefully we will see major changes towards the, the second half of the year and the, the back end of the year, but there's no question for most of the Irish communities around the world, uh, the great showcase day that is St. Patrick's Day for our Irish culture uh, will be impacted this year. But we want to help support that this year, but we also want to help develop it. Um, and then finally, our, our other key area on the diaspora strategy is in the area of the uh, whole just Irish, the, 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 the reaching out to new areas of influence, to, to bringing people on board who are maybe not as involved as other parts of the diaspora, and particularly that will centre around 
uh, younger uh, members of the diaspora uh, and engaging with them and making sure that we develop the type of means and processes, whether it's the digital engagement we talked about earlier on, whether it's study programs where they can come to Ireland to study, um, working holiday proposals, all those type of areas we want to develop and strengthen so that the next generation of the Irish diaspora that's out there uh, can feel every bit as involved and even more involved and more wanted uh, in terms of their opportunities to engage uh, with Ireland. Uh, so there are the, the five key areas of the diaspora strategy. Indeed. Well, Minister, I'm very conscious. I know your time is very precious and I really appreciate that you took the time to have a chat with us this morning. Uh, unfortunately, as you did say, uh, as a minister, you haven't had the opportunity to travel and meet people face to face and we've all been restricted in that over the last year. Um, I should comment that uh, the Canadian government did pass a motion to declare uh, March Irish Heritage Month in recognition of the Irish contribution to Canada so we'll get to see that play out more fully in the years ahead and James Maloney of uh, MP who was the one that was leading that initiative um, so Minister I want to thank you very much for taking the time and, and hopefully some stage in the future we do get the opportunity to see you on Canadian soil I'm looking forward to it and when those restrictions are lifted and we can do it all safely um, it is one of the things that I will look forward to as an opportunity to hopefully meet in person um, and meet some of those great people and organisations and groups that I've had the opportunity uh, to uh, have virtual meetings with over the last uh, 12 months but to thank them in person again on behalf of the Irish Government for the incredible work which they've done during this very difficult uh, last 12 months so thank you very much